welcome to another edition of Packy Chat. I think we are on episode 28. Awesome. Uh, 28 episodes down. Uh, my apologies for the delay in getting these out to everybody. Um, you know, we used to be really good about getting out uh, at least a couple of months, and then we went to monthly, and now we're kind of at quarterly. Um, my apologies that life is just getting in the way. Uh, as much as we really want to get together and talk and do these things, it's just uh, become a challenge, but I promise they are still coming out. We Every time we get together as a group or see each other, we kind of discuss what's next and uh, what our next topics, topics are going to be. Even in the absence, the um, traffic to the Packy Chat Facebook page or to our Patreon or emails has been great. Uh, I see new listeners and new followers every day and that's encouraging and that's motivating to to keep us going and coming up with new things. Also it's cool is here we are it's uh, by the time this comes out it'll be the end of April but we are actually sitting together uh, right at the um, at the beginning of April and it is our two-year anniversary of Packy Chat. I can't believe it was two years ago that we were sitting around in a cabin in the woods having a few uh, cocktails um, and we put a microphone in front of us and lo and behold Packy Chat was born. So that's exciting. Two years in the books. I never thought uh, we'd make it that long. I thought it would be just a, a short thing that uh, a little fling that uh, we did and, and, uh, and moved on. But it didn't. We're here to stay I guess. Enough of me chatting. This week we got together and talked about downed elephants, uh, things to do, tactics, supplies, things like that. Um, getting a lot of more conversation um, about what is needed to uh, to be prepared if an elephant in your facility goes down and how to get them up and some post um, post care once they're once you write them. I assume these conversations are coming about because the majority. Uh, you know of our population is becoming elderly and and it's a reality now that we need to start looking towards the future and what to do should these animals go down you know how can we better be prepared to get them up and help them and be successful in their recovery uh, so enough of me chatting uh, let's just get into it uh, thanks for listening I was gonna part of me wondered why it's becoming such a hot topic but I guess the population is so old and maybe maybe that's one thing that came out of that out of that uh task force meeting was holy crap all our elephants are old and we better do something uh when they go down so we can get them up and and i guess the other thing i know over the last couple of years at ema and different places you know the people were talking about lifting elephants and getting crane services or doing whatever and um and i know we've talked about this a little bit before but it was always lost on, you know, the aftercare and it was kind of, you get them up and woo-hoo, we got the elephant up. And then, you know, six weeks later, the elephant's down and now it's dead. And the aftercare is finally becoming a little more um, widespread of a, of a thought in the thought process. So hopefully we get better at it, I guess. You know, I'll admit the first time I had an elephant, we had to help out. Um, it was, it was a celebration, high fives and, um, then forgot about it, literally forgot about it. Right. Never did anything. Luckily we never had any other problems again, but I don't think at that time, I mind you this quite a while ago, it never crossed, you know, definitely not my 
my mind or my vets or anybody that boy would I really watch this elephant yeah I, I well I think there's so many factors that go into it because you can we can get into the techniques of lifting an elephant but then you also have to think about um where is that elephant at quality of life in general you know what I mean should you be lifting the elephant you know, um, I, you know, so I think that's a road that you got to go down to first and foremost. Um, if you have elephants that have pre-existing pre conditions or whatever it is, or an older animal that you're saying, hey, if this animal goes down, you know, the quality of life doesn't say that we pick it back up, you know, and then if the decision is, yeah, that's, that's what we're going to do, or, hey, no, we're going to lift this elephant, it's, in, it's good quality of life. Um, then I think you can get started into the techniques and things like that. But I think it's important for us. I know we have this discussion with our vets all the time is, you know, do we have, you know, this specific animals having this issues, if it goes down, are we even going to try to lift it? Um, most of the time the answer is yes, of course. Right. But, um, but I think that's, that's important. That's an important discussion that you got to have before as well. Um, yeah, then, that, go ahead. Oh, no, keep going. No, I was going to get into the lifting stuff, but go ahead. No, I was going to say, um, you know, unfortunately, I've had to do five lifts with three different elephants. Um, and two, two of those um, of those lifts ended up in the elephant dying during it. I think we learned from that is there's like, keep going, keep going, do whatever it takes to try to get them up. And then going back and thinking more of a welfare issue. So my dad is that... Um, both the times we lost the elephant, it actually kind of was pretty clear that we were done, but we didn't want to um, say stop and accept it. But I think going into it now, I think I'd be more recognizing that there are certain situations, like you said, you have to recognize that hey, this elephant isn't trying and not helping you do that. And, um, um, you're going to force the issue and you're going to end up um, stressing the animal out for its last life. Right. You know, it'll right. die on you. Right. And I've got twice on me before. So yeah, that's a great point is that, you know, what, what are the factors in that discussion about whether we're going to try or not? Yes. Most of the time you're going to try, but there's times that even when you start the procedure to say, okay, let's, we're stopping. You know, easier said than done, but those are hard, hard things. Like with anything, having those discussions beforehand, um, you know, makes you m make more rash decisions and something to rely on in times of high stress and anxiety for you and the elephant. You know, I that is a it's a real that's a great point. Like I've never, it's never even crossed my mind right now that if we have a if we have a couple older elephants and they go down, I would immediately make every effort to get them up and and. Look, thinking about hearing this now, we absolutely should have that discussion. I mean, you got a 56 year old elephant, they might be in great health, but they went down for a reason, right? I mean, um, and then do you put that effort in? I shouldn't say that effort's the wrong word. You know, do you do you get them up? Um, you know, who 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 are you helping? You, you know, or them? Definitely something uh, worth the conversation that I has never even crossed my mind. Well, we always talk about the, you know, it always questions come up about down elephant protocols and the techniques and, and process for, <clears throat> for, for writing, you know, a downed elephant. But, you know, we talk about the 
all these different things. There's so many different protocols and process and discussions and um, uh, I don't know, I, I, I'd say protocols, I guess, but you know, it, it's a, it's a quality of life discussion. So yeah, we, we've had a couple of elephants that we, they were like, you know, what do you call that? Like, uh, you know, DNR, right? If it goes down, yeah. it, we're done. We're, we're not That's exactly done. what we call it. <laughs> yeah. So, so we had a couple of those, but that doesn't mean that we don't have a down elephant protocol, right? That we, obviously we have other elephants that we have to talk about, but the conversation, there was, a, there was a very stepwise conversation that led us to the, to the DNR, right? So that's a totally different process that relates to downed elephants, but has nothing to do with picking them up. The other part we always talk about <clears throat> is there's the downed elephant protocol, which, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, it's as simple as just getting them on their feet. And I, and that's, I think that's a natural place for your head to go. But as we've discussed on multiple occasions, that's just the first part. And then there's the aftercare. So, so there's, so the, there's the treatment plan afterwards, which is going to have to be developed. And then also, if you have something going on with your elephant, right, you have to figure out how you're going to get access to that elephant. So the, the, the downed elephant protocol is there's a pre-plan, there's the actual downed elephant plan, and then there's the post-plan. And all those things are intertwined, right? And, and you know, like I said, for some of these elephants, they don't apply, right? You don't get past the, the quality of life discussion. Um, and, uh, but also, you know, it's also a, a, a strong thing to say, um, you know, if they go down, we're not going to do anything about it. So, I mean, is there, you know, that, that requires a discussion, right? So what, are we going to wait for that to happen? Because, you know, in the discussions that we had, I said, you know, the one thing that we can do, we know this is, you know, we, these, these two elephants in particular had, you know, age-related issues and, and everything else um, that we knew we couldn't do much about at, at that point. And I said, you know, the last thing that we can, the last gift that we can give them is not have them um, have that worst day, right? And so an elephant that doesn't lay down or whatever, by the time they go down, they're not, they're not, you know, I'm not trying to anthropomorphize, but they're having a bad day, right? And, the, and they're, they're probably afraid and, you know, obviously not sure, obviously about getting up because they couldn't, they wouldn't lay down in the first place. So anyway, so a lot of the discussions, all these, all these discussions are intertwined. And I think it's just, you know, it's things that we talk about. And a lot of it is the, the stuff that we don't like dealing with, right? It, whether it's the protocols and the meetings and gain, you know, gathering consensus on a team and partnering with your other departments, veterinary and, and, you know, maybe facilities teams and all those things. But ultimately they're all, they're all intertwined and they're all related. So you can't just, you can't do one without, without the others. They all have to be considered and discussed in advance. Cause this hey, is not this something you can do and scramble. You know what I mean? These are not decisions you make on the fly and these are not processes that you can do without a lot of planning. You know, that, that discussion can look, can sound and look very different depending on the elephant. You know, you look at some elephants, you might think that, okay, you know, I, I think this elephant, we might have, you know, might be older, might be a little compromised. Maybe we, um, I got kind of one shot, you know, and this elephant here, you know, this older elephant is a bigger elephant than my dad. And, you know, is there going to be more of a hurry? Whereas, and we tend to focus on, um, on older elephant as well. So you got a younger elephant, you know, I had an el a younger elephant, um, she was playing and she, um, she hurt her leg and she had trouble walking. And, and thinking that, okay, I wonder, you know, what she's, we made sure we'd be able to monitor her 
but um, you know, maybe it's just okay for her to, to wait a little bit longer before she gets up, before we have to jump in and intervene. Because younger elephant, smaller elephant, lighter elephant, probably has a little bit more time before we start seeing um, major problems as maybe some older elephants or some bigger elephants. So I think you're looking down and say, well, this elephant here, how long has it been down for? How quickly do we pull the trigger and start intervening? Because when you do intervene, that is going to um, add to the stress on that animal as well. So um, one thing I kind of learned is that it can be very different in what that plan is going to be. Uh, and then there's times where, um, you know, there been a situation where I walk in the morning going, yep, not surprised she's down <laughs> at all. But sometimes you come in and like, boy, I'm really surprised at this. I remember one time, but an elephant, um, she slipped in the mud. And um, we watched her slip. It seemed to get up just fine. And it's time to shake it off and overheal. And we came in the next morning and she was lying down. She couldn't get back up. So obviously something happened. And this is an elephant we knew to lay down every night. Something must have happened in an injury. Um, so that was a surprise to us. Um, and that was the first time we ever had an elephant down. And we really scrambled because we didn't have anything in place. But we were able to get her back up. Place. So then looking back and I say, okay, this elephant here, we still have a, a protocol in place now, but um, being surprised or saying this elephant here looks a little compromised, let's brush up on our um, protocol to make sure we're more prepared for that. Now, one thing, uh, you know, besides the discussions beforehand about whether to lift them or not and when to intervene is that, you know, I remember the first few times or first two times, um, I felt that not only was the team not prepared, the elephant wasn't prepared. Because in our program at that time, it wasn't natural. It wasn't part of our program to put elephants on a train and share restricted space for them. And I remember we worked really close to the elephants. Everything was fine. But when the elephant was down and we crossed those barriers, that elephant was not happy. It was not prepared. Because at that time, it had been like 15 years, probably since someone crossed that barrier. The elephant's very aware that we stepped across those barriers. I wonder now is that, you know, if we're thinking about these elephants that we're going to have to share space with them, we have all these protocols. These elephants, if they're not used to somebody being at least around them with or without restraints, that's not setting them up to succeed. And I saw this elephant expend extra energy reacting to us being in there that could have been extremely valuable in that process I think. isn't it crazy just on a side note that all that we are is we're behind some what half inch three quarter inch cables but you step on the other side of it for some of these elephants and it's like whoa i know i saw us work those elephants in toronto we're tight with them like we're up high we're yeah. hanging in there but man we I took three steps inside that barrier and they're like, whoa, this is not cool. Yeah. She tried to get us. This elephant never tried to get anybody. She's swinging her trunk at us when she's on the ground. Yeah, I was surprised at that. I just assumed that relationship would carry over inside the barns. So what do you guys think about, um, you know, should we be looking in, um, whether, besides prepping the staff and besides, you know, how far do you go in prepping? You know, are you pulling the equipment up? Are you putting straps around them? You know, what are you doing? to not only get our protocol written and try to get the people used to it, what can we do with the elephants? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the baseline easy answer is, you know, doing a down elephant drill. Um, and, you know, that can be, we've done it in the past with, you know, uh, pallets, 
put together, you know, made up as an elephant or, you know, some play, people have the blow up elephant, different, different ways of practicing that. I, I think the key for that, two things on a down elephant. One, you have to really think with your head and not with your heart. Obviously, we, have, we, we live in an emotion-based uh, industry. And I think of all the times where you really need to think with your head and not your heart is when you have a down elephant. Um, but, but two, I think by doing a drill or whatever is it, it gets other people involved, right? We say this all the time, you know, then now your maintenance staff, you know, they may be the ones that are on the equipment. If you're going to use equipment, you know, um, your vet team is going to be involved. So, you know, getting the people through a dry run, whatever you use or however you do that, I think is, is, is an easy thing to do, you know, and, and I think it can get people a little bit more comfortable with it. Um, so that's kind of the easy answer so far. That's a good, that's a good thing because, or a good question about, you know, <clears throat> I think getting your elephants prepared is having them comfortable on restraints. Mm -hmm. We talk about it at every PEM or EMA or whatever, but uh, resilience of the, of the elephants is going to go a long way. Um, staff, that's tricky. Um, and I think using the pallets and doing different things makes you think more. Um, it's such a hard thing to, to teach and practice because I think a lot of people, they're going to get a lot of people just, they learn what is taught in front of them. So by that, I mean, if we, if we practice install four and an elephant goes down and install five and the other side, holy crap, what does that look like? You know what I mean? They, they think of the, the physical attributes of the stall and, and, and the tools they have and not really like the uses and leverage and attaching stuff and whatever, like that last PM2 um, where we talked about, you know, that's the biggest thing. We talked about looking at different things in the stall that you would use for contact points or moving, you know, using doors, using hydraulic doors to pivot an elephant or to use it as, as, um, the force to operate uh, a come along or not a come along uh, a block and tackle or something like that and that's so hard to teach because there's so many different variables so i think if they're comfortable with the equipment um and at least one person and it might even be someone in maintenance or facilities that has a more uh, mechanical mindset that can apply that stuff um will go a long way but if they can't even if they can't tie a rope or the elephant's not comfortable going on restraints or comfortable with um something that might be out of routine you, you might as well just hand out shovels and start digging a hole you know it's interesting you said not only stall four stall five you can be in stall four and you turn the elephant 90 <laughs> degrees and it's a completely different ball game yeah completely different yeah and it's interesting you know when you call you said about um hard to teach it because you know we're going through some of those things and um you had the basics behind that but you know the also on the animal's behavior you know changes everything as as well of well you know how close can you get to um you know what do you, you know um if you have to pivot an elephant you know even 90 degrees it's it's tough and you know i want to echo what you said about you know tying a rope because you you will at times need to secure things. And if say you decide, okay, we're going to use a bowling or, or something or somebody tied here. Last thing you want to do is, is trying to be pulling your phone out to remember how to tie a knot, or you only have maybe one person that can tie a knot and is knowledgeable to help, you know, run the thing. And that person's running around tying all the knots. 
you know, and that's something that's easy to do. That's easy just to grab, you know, a piece of rope and try it every so often. And we preach it, you know, you know, um, you know, at, at PEM and things like that. And even in our facility, we try to talk about it, but it's so easy just to forget, to pick up a, a rope and maybe you know how to do your, you practice restraints on your elephants all the time. And there's a certain knot, you know, you know, like a cow hitch or a cove hitch, but all of a sudden, you don't really use a bowling a whole lot because that's maybe not part of your regular restraint stuff. It's like, I, I really, somebody could say, I haven't tied a bowling in six months. And then you forget it. You mm -hmm. forget it, you know? So yeah, I don't, you know, take home message, man, is not matter it is. How many times we go back to a simple rope? You know, we just talk about restraints and how it can do all this medical stuff. But yeah, you know, you need that, those same skills. I lift an elephant, that's for sure. And, and uh, I'm sorry, just uh, real quick, yeah, that, that same confusion, you know, the stall four, stall five, one corner, other corner, tying a rope on a vertical versus a horizontal. Even sometimes for me, I'll turn my head if I'm doing it. And I feel very comfortable with all different kinds of ropes and knots, but just changing that one thing or you normally throw a rope from the right. And this time someone threw it from the left and you got to kind of step back. And if you're not comfortable with that, it's gonna, it's gonna definitely, uh, it could throw a monkey wrench in it. Sorry, you were saying? No, no, I was just gonna say, uh, kind of piggybacking off what you just said, you know, every, man, every situation is different. You, you know, you think you, just the way you lifted it one way this way, the other way, the other way, you're gonna try to get it to sternal and that it'll lift itself up. And, you know, some elephants won't do that, you know? So again, I think it's a, a couple of things. I think you have to be able to pivot extremely quickly and make decisions on the fly you should have one person as the incident commander and you know what i mean and, and and pivot off of that person i think that's really important because i think sometimes you can get too many bosses when it comes to a situation like that because people are flying around it's again you start to get emotional and we got to get this animal up we got to get it up um so i think you know some decisions can be made and then my my, my other thing is uh you know take your time you know because it you know, it's, people are going to try to fly around and, oh, I don't know how to tie this knot. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like 30 seconds, pause, <laughs> you know, remember your knot and then tie it. You know, this elephant, you know, it, I'm not saying you want to leave it down forever, but an extra 30 seconds on each rope to make sure you get it right and everything um, is well worth the investment. So I think um, a lot of times in those types of situations, um, you know, you want to get it up and you want to get it up as quickly as you can, but you also have to remember, like, let's do it the correct way and let's do it safely and make sure that, you know, the humans are in the right position to succeed. Because if we are, then the elephant will be. No, that's, you know, that's, so, that's so dead on. I mean, you know, shaving a couple seconds or even a minute to get it done faster the wrong way, it is, is ridiculous. And it's, I mean, it's human nature to do things that way, but you're right. Just take a step back. And I'm sure, I'm sure sometimes, you know, seconds feel like minutes and, mm -hmm. you know, minutes feel like an hour, but um, yeah, if you know it, just take your time and, and, and work through it for sure. That's a good point. And, you know, just like we know as your team, every team member has different strengths. If everybody knows their strengths, then, um, you know, they're going to be more comfortable in that role. So sometimes, you know, it's be nice not to be restricted to one role, but if you know that your team or as an, or as a person, 
that you have a certain strength and make sure you, you set yourself to succeed. You know, I love Nick, he's an incident commander. You know, the, the one voice is extremely important. And if you can, if, you if you're able to do so, and I think it's important to do is that you also have that one person that kind of steps back and watches the whole thing from a bigger perspective and kind of be that safety person. So that, because you can be very focused and it can be very narrow-minded and focused on a specific job. But by having somebody sitting back and looking at the whole picture, hey, you're a little close there, watch that foot, watch that trunk or something like that, is, um, it can really help um, you. Because sometimes you're focusing on a rope or, or a strap underneath an elephant. You may not realize that, you know, my head's right beside this elephant's tusk or I'm in, you know, pretty easy trunk reach or, you know, one foot, you know, the foot can move and I can get booted. So, you know, what you can as well is that having those clearly defined roles, one voice, and if you can afford to have that safety person, that can be very beneficial too. Yeah, right. going off of what you said, I mean, I, you know, when you have situations like that, whether it be a down elephant or um, a birth or whatever it is, like, I, as a leader, you have to put the right person in the right seat on the bus. And if you hurt somebody's feelings, well, oh, oh, well, you know what I mean? So if you have, you know, Tim, you're, you know, and he's best on ropes, well, Tim needs to be on ropes. And if it hurts, you know, feelings that day, well, you know, that it, it is what it is, I think, in some aspects, you know. Um, so just to piggyback off of your point a little bit on that. All right, so we got a we got an elephant down, regardless of the age. We get her up, then what? No, I mean honestly, other than you know, tip, typical things, you know, vet check, full body check, blood, um, you know, possibly fluids, you know, monitoring, you know, obviously looking at at their gait and how they're getting along, you know, are there any you know possible ligaments that are torn or you know anything like that, you know physical ailments what do you guys what do you guys look for on top of that i mean i think is you know as we're getting the elephant uh roped or whatever we're going to do to get it up help her up help him up um we draw we would draw blood mm -hmm. from the down and then we would draw blood when it gets up and we draw blood every i don't remember what the interval is that's up to the the vets but it was we did it every so many hours and we're looking at like, what is it? Lactate in the muscles, is that right? That's the biggest thing, you know, to see. Uh, and then we gave fluids and anything based on what the blood looked like. Um, that was the biggest thing that that we've experienced was, was just that. You know, for me, it's interesting is that most of my experiences, some of the experiences that the elephants that we did pick up that used to lay down, they start to, um, I bet elephants just never try to lie down again. But um, I think now is that the assumption that they might lie down again, what do we have to do to make it easier for them to get back up? So a lot of times people have sand piles in or anything like that, but if there's any reason to start putting sand piles in, if you have an elephant that you got back up again, set something up so that when the elephant lies down again, that it's easier for them to get up, you know. And um, I know your experience is that, you know, a lot of times you put a sand pile in, and the next morning I you see wrinkles there instead just on the flat ground, you know. So I think a lot of times you'd like to choose to lay on that thing. So I think 
the medical stuff like that, you know, but um, let's prepare that she can get back up again. Let's make it easier for them. You hear, um, you know, about people making like headrests and stuff too for elephants to rest. And somebody, somebody said recently at one of the, I don't know if it was at a PEM or what, but if you got to go through the effort to make, uh, you know, something like that for the elephant to, to rest their head on just to get rest because they're not resting maybe it's time to really look at that quality of life and, uh, you know, assess the, the bigger picture than just that. Yeah. Like you said earlier, I think sometimes people will keep them alive for them, not for the, the animal, you know, yeah. I think that's a huge factor. You know, I'm certainly guilty. I, you know, in my experiences, you know, we're all guilty of it. Um, I don't yep. want to put on everybody, but. You know, you mentioned about checking the ligaments and stuff like that. I think that if you're, um, you know, if your elephants all should have a, an exercise program right now anyway, but whatever you usually do, stretching regime, strength building regime, or, or both of them, um, is that you just, when you, you, you may have to usually adjust your exercise program afterwards. And okay, this animal was down for a reason. You know, um, we think it's in their back right leg. You know, you have to have a discussion with your vets. Okay, how much rest do they need, you know? How much do we start a rehab program? What's that rehab look like? We're just going through one of our elephants right now. Is that, you know, in elephants, she hurt herself pretty bad and it took her like 20 minutes just to cross a pen, um, gave her a period of rest, and then started working up our exercise program to help get them flexible again. Because again, not only are we setting sand piles to help them get back up again, um, let's make sure that they start to get healthy again. They can use those joints. So. If you think there might have been a tear, you know, or something like that, okay, what's that? What's that rehab look like? So, you know, not only thinking about the days and the weeks after um, the elephant goes down and checking those values and the medical stuff, it's the weeks to months afterwards too, to possibly help build up some of those um, those possible injured areas that could have been the reason why they um, chose or struggled to get up. Thank you for once again listening to this edition of Packy Chat. Appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. Again, Packy Chat's all about just conversation. Take things you heard, uh, things that might work for you, and use them. That's great. Things you don't agree with, well, that's okay, too. We're not here to tell you there's one way to do it. We're just here to start conversation and have some thought. Once again, thanks a lot for listening to Packy Chat. We appreciate you listening. Mm-hmm.